0: Midnight facts for insomnia. <laughs> I just learned something. Oh, I'm having fun now.
1: Welcome to your worst nightmare, Shane. Oh God. Monkey has the mic. This is this is a bad idea. <laughs> hey there, Shane. Yo. <laughs> that,
0: was, that didn't was, feel right. It, it felt wasn't, weird.
1: It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. So, uh, before we get to what this April Fool's episode is about, we're going to once again plug the Discord because it is awesome sauce. We have incredible artists in there like Slick Like Ninja, who just pumped out one of the greatest kitten bee pictures of all time. Me looking like Dr. Evil, <laughs> sitting on a throne with a kitten bee in my lap, stroking it, looking evil. And there's Husk and your ma. Both are great artists. Your ma. Your ma is on. Your ma is on yeah. our Discord. And, you know, we've tried to kick her off, but Bish won't leave. God damn it. Probably
0: not a great advertisement for the Discord. I don't <laughs> know that anyone wants to go where their ma is.
1: I mean, I'd go where you're, where Betty is, but I just it wouldn't. That's, you made it weird. Mm. Okay, I didn't mean it that way. You can take it however you like. Okay, so this episode is our April Fool's April 1st episode. And in this episode, you and I decided, like morons, that we would trade roles. And that I would do all the research, and you would be the poor monkey at the end of the chain while I cranked away on the music box. I just want to clarify, this was actually a suggestion
0: from Discord. I had nothing to do with this. This is under protest.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I do like that you had to do all the research for it. Yes, I'm sure that was at least the one selling point. That feels good. All right. So, today's episode is Scottish facts and fictions. Okay. Wait a minute. Well, that just sounds like you're going to just say a bunch of things that may or may not be true. No, no, no. So, there are facts. I will let you know which facts there are. And the fictions, I will also, because I'm not a complete asshole. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited. Sweet. Um, I would have gone with cautiously optimistic. Yeah, that too. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going hard for this first one. Braveheart is bollocks. Damn it. That yes. was my
0: only, that was going to be my crutch for this whole thing. I was really bust out with my Braveheart knowledge. I think that's like 90% of what I know about Scottish history is from Braveheart.
1: Be prepared to be very unhappy then son of a bitch (laughs) so yeah the script is a hollywoodized version of the heavy metal poison fueled rantings of a half-assed wannabe biographer by the name of henry the minstrel um and you know for those of us who had to wade through fucking reams of his bullshit in order to actually get the true historical facts down his far more accurate nom de plume was blind harry yeah i don't know if i trust a blind scribe no no. So Blind Harry wrote a romanticized biography of William Wallace. Did he write it in Braille? <laughs> they didn't have Braille back then. He was super genius. Huh. Uh, and so, anyway, so the screenwriter of Braveheart, Randall Wallace, I didn't bother to find out whether or not Randall Wallace was an actual Wallace. Um, okay. But, it's you know. The obvious question there. To be fair, that's any more than he bothered to fact check even one of the bits of bullshit he threw into the script. So I feel like I was getting him back. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. It was spite non-research.
1: Yes. I was, I'm not going to look into you in the slightest, you fucking hack. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much he took the blithering idiocy of Blind Harry and regurgitated it back into the little beaks of America's puling masses. And for that, we chucked a golden statue at him. So that seems fair. People
0: like fiction more than reality for the most part. There probably weren't a lot of happy endings back then. And we wanted it, although you know the movie doesn't have a. I don't think that's a happy ending. But I feel like the real story probably didn't have a satisfying
1: conclusion. Yeah, you'll see why it is just full metal jacket bullshit all the way through. It's nonsense, I mean, From start to finish. To be fair. To be fair.
0: Even the stories that are considered today to be like based on a true story whatever they're mm-hmm. up so Hollywood hollywoodized yeah. hollywood just is gonna mess with it no matter what and with this because it's so long ago they have so much freaking leeway like who's gonna call them out so, other than scottish dudes on podcasts <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all true and you know actual historians were like this blind hairy guy just seems to be making the shit up as he goes along yeah so shane for those of the people at home who have not seen braveheart give us the cliff notes
0: So as I understand it, and you can jump in if I'm getting any of this wrong, but as I understand it, Braveheart is the story of the national hero of Scotland. He's sort of like the George Washington of Scotland, right? Like he started the rebellion, he led the rebellion, he overthrew the English, and there was also a bunch of Hollywood stuff thrown in that I guess you're probably going to debunk. Yes. He met a woman that he fell in love with, but at the time if you got married, the king, or I guess whoever was like the local lord Mm -hmm. had the right of quote prima nocta which was that they could come and have sex with your new wife on the first night of your marriage just because Mm -hmm. god wanted them to god wants this guy to bone your wife
1: that's of course why would he not why would they have you get married if he didn't want you to have been boning
0: you know it was a rough time and like there's not a lot of perks of being rich because you're still like shitting in a hole just like everyone else, there's nothing you know. The, the one thing you have, you get to fuck everyone's wife, at least once. So, how much of that is
1: true? None.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so li- literally none of it. But it was all true of the movie. Did I get the movie yes, right? Yeah, in the movie, it was all uh, Edward the First, Edward de Longshanks's idea of how to get rid of Scottish people by breeding them out. So, give us the real story. All right. So let's start at the beginning. William Wallace. Was born not some poor son of a son of a farmer, as they depict in the sh- in the movie. If you believe Blind Harry, uh, his dad was a minor lord and a landowner. Oh. Um, what year was this? T- <laughs> twelve, the twelve hundreds.
0: So, so even being like rich, you would still have just had like instead of just some rocks, you would have had a stack of rocks that you lived under.
1: Essentially, yeah. He also would have been in all likelihood. Uh, literate. Okay. He doesn't learn to read until his mystery uncle shows up. Right. Which, that should never happen. Okay. That's another one of those things where it's just like, it's not, no. Hmm. Wallace died at 35, childless and unmarried. Huh. Maron, his wife, never existed. Hmm. Blind Harry, all the way. The theory is he made her up to justify uh, William Wallace's killing the sheriff of Lanark in 1297
0: and also he knew eventually they would make a movie about it and you got to have a love interest exactly exactly he anticipated motion pictures and uh, hollywood Mm. and our current obsession with celebrity culture and romance
1: which is especially amazing to think of back then because apparently he was blind yeah so how a blind man thought of moving pictures is just
0: you know what he was a very creative dude he was he came up with a lot of bs so (laughs) he really and truly did so yeah did he have in the movie he didn't have a kid though
1: no, he never yeah. has a kid. And um, they only
0: get, they got married like secretively because otherwise Primanocta, which that also wasn't a thing that was happening then, was it? Did you get into
1: premonocta? No, premonocta was not, was not mentioned. Yeah. I don't think that was actually a thing at that era. So Wallace did not learn his keen martial prowess in the movie. He, you know, comes up with ways of laying down oily smears across, you know, battlefields so that they can burn. And and light and them yeah, on yeah.
0: fire with burning arrows. And, right. And, yeah. yeah.
1: That didn't happen. <laughs> in fact... Damn it. In fact, almost never was that tactic ever used because, A, you could use the tar for something far more important. Right. And, B, people would notice. They'd yeah. Like, oh, that, what the fuck is that huge tarry smear in the middle of this grassy field? Tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to run through that tarry smear. I'm going to go to the grass eight feet over there. Why don't you guys come over here? You
0: guys go through the tarry smear. Also, please tell me they at least use the tactic of mooning.
1: That is probable. Good. Since guys in kilts today do that. Although the
0: one guy did take an arrow in his ass, which is, you know, occupational
1: hazard. Which, which is an occupational hazard of mooning in a kilt? Like, That's
0: literally, true. let me give you a target. Let me give you an
1: actual bullseye. Right. Because brown eye. <laughs> let me give you a brown eye. Yeah. And also, you know, to be fair. To be fair. Kilts aren't armored, so it wouldn't have helped you much anyway if it was down. True. (laughs) Uh, They had
0: shields, though, which are like sad little circles of wood.
1: Right. Almost all shields were round. Some of them had metal backing. There were targes, which is where my clan's crest comes from. Touch not the cat, but a targe. What's a targe? Uh, A targe is a smaller circular shield with a metal center with a spike on it. So it can
0: be used offensively as well. Yes. That's smart. Unless your buddy next to you falls backwards or something.
1: In right. Not generally good for a press or, or yeah. you know, high closeness melee. Yeah. You, yeah. you keep that out of the orgy. <laughs> Why the fuck you're bringing a shield to an orgy? I don't know shit. the orgies you've attended. This stuff
0: starts flying left and right. I have, I mean, what I can tell you stories. <laughs> I'm sure you could. It's protection. Yeah. Like the condom. Prophylactic. But, aggressive. It's an aggressive condom. <laughs> it's an offensive prophylactic. This whole thing is an offensive prophylactic prophylactic, against learning, against listening to this episode.
1: (laughs) All right, so, uh, but anyway, Wallace Wallace didn't learn his martial prowess from the mysterious sword praying uncle in the movie who, you know, taught him how to fight on his way to Rome while teaching him French and other languages. Damn it, that was a
0: good part, and also the like learn to use this, learn to
1: use this. Then I'll show you how to use this. That was a good line. That was a good part. No, it's a great line. Very well written. You can usually tell the very good lines are fake because they're very good lines. Yeah, because that doesn't happen in reality. Right. So there are a number of indicators that William Wallace learned to fight and kill while being a mercenary in the army of Edward de Longshanks fighting In the War of Wales. Plot twist. Yeah. so It's
0: kind of like how we armed the Taliban.
1: It is exactly like that. I actually mentioned that earlier today because William Wallace was also not a a brilliant tactician. He was a guerrilla fighter like all other Highlanders were. Hmm. Because when you're vastly outnumbered and you're vastly underprepared and, you know, under-equipped you don't do the whole nightly sure we'll stand in orderly rows and take each other on with spears and pikes and heavy cavalry and you know knights and shit no no no
0: no. yeah that's not tactically smart to look at a much larger army and be like yeah let's run directly at them even if you've got atari field
1: no even atari field not brilliant atari field sounds
0: like a video game from the
1: 80s (laughs) the most boring game you've ever played. <laughs> this Nothing happens. Occasionally, like a butterfly goes by. Deer like stops, crops the grass, little leaves, <laughs> and then uh, the army of Scotsmen
0: run by. Then it gets a lot more interesting. Pixelated Scotsmen, all over
1: the place. <laughs> little pixelated, wiggling, wobbling dongs. Just when their kilts lift up. Anyway, sorry. Um, I was having a moment. So yeah, like I was saying, uh, William Wallace was very likely a mercenary in Edward I's army. As an archer, he was deployed as a longbowman, which is why his crest has a British longbow on it.
0: That makes him a little less of a national hero, more of a turncoat slash traitor. I guess he came home eventually. Like, maybe he just had, we like a redemption story. He had a change of heart and was like, I'm going to stop shooting at my countrymen and instead go over and start mooning my current compatriots.
1: Uh... Crazy kids, you know, you wake up one morning, you're 18, you go, you kill a bunch of your countrymen, you come home, you're like, oi, I gotta fix this. Why are they Jewish? (laughs) Who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you want me to do it all in Scottish? I know you love that accent. (laughs) I like that accent spoken. I just don't understand it written. Okay. All right. The biggest plot twist of the entire discussion of all of this. Braveheart was the nickname of Robert the fucking Bruce, not William Wallace. Huh.
0: I wonder, did they, in the movie, did they ever indicate that it was William Wallace? Because ultimately this was the story of Robert the Bruce coming to power. And it's narrated by Robert. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, I wonder if that was actually
1: sort of supposed to be inferred. For for what? Since the entire story is about William Wallace and is only ever like, narrated by the dude who eventually betrays
0: him? Knowing Mel Gibson's ego, you right. would think, like, no. But I wonder if maybe the screenwriter was, you know, a little bit smarter than Mel, and that was supposed to be kind of a wink-wink, nudge-nudge to people who actually knew the history. Who can say the mind of a blind scribe and the mind of a Hollywood screenwriter?
1: <laughs> One and the same, I feel. So, yeah, that was Braveheart. Um, next topic. Okay. Now we're getting on to the Scottish facts and fictions, just random facts and fictions that uh, are abounding in the Scottish lore. Are these 90% haggis related? No. Uh, I didn't even mention haggis. Son of a... All right. You can mention haggis if you like. There's plenty of room for discussion. Uh, First one, Mac versus Mick. So my clan's name is spelled Mm M-A-C-B-A-I-N. And... I had seen other people's Scottish clan names that were spelled M C, right? And that always confuses me. Right. I was taught that if it was M A C, that indicated your clan was from the Highlands. Okay. And if it was M C, that indicated your clan was from the Lowlands. And also that you were amazing on the turntables. Word, my controller extraordinaire. Mm. However, that is complete bollocks. Ah. Oh. It does not indicate dick. All it indicates is, and where this comes from, is that lazy, inconsistent census takers, back when they were getting the numbers and names of clans and people in the clans from Britain, would write shorthand sometimes either Mac or Mick. That's all it means.
0: So it just indicates whether you're efficient or you got to be a dandy and add an extra letter for no reason and make people spend more time writing your fucking name. Yeah, one whole letter. You dandy you. Real pain in the ass. (laughs) I vote that we officially change your name. I'm not writing the A anymore. Okay. I just, on all things. And you have corrected me on that so many times, too, because you're such a little bitch about it. I am. And when I write McBain, and you'd be like, there's an A, I am from the goddamn Highlands, and it means nothing. It just means that you want me to waste more time on your name. One letter more. You want time. me to linger over your stupid name for even longer?
1: Linger if you linger <laughs> over writing an extra A in anything, bruh, I need you to go see somebody. I'm very petty. You, I had not noticed <laughs> in the tenure of our friendship. I had never noticed the pettiness. No so more weird you bring it up now. No more A for you. No more. I'm going back and editing that shit. It's Dunkin' McCrazy Nuts from now on. <laughs> fine taking the a out of your name too now you're just we can we can do this a war if that's really what we're doing here you really want to go down you want to Uh, to play the game (laughs) at least my name will still make sense Uh, that's true it's mutually assured a destruction That's it. okay this just it's gets boring. worse, and worse and it sounds worse. like porn yeah it's a mutually okay. Yeah. okay never mind we're not we're not, we're not elucidating <laughs> that point anymore that does not need further explanation okay jesus sorry two the saying if at first you don't succeed try try again though popularized by the teacher's manual written by thomas h palmer in 1840 it was a song it was a whole thing it is actually accredited to robert the bruce the myth of the sayings creation comes from the story that after getting his ass handed to him by the English, Robert went and hid in a cave. Mm. While he was hiding in the cave during inclement weather, he watched a spider climb up to the roof and start to try and build a web. Wind kept knocking the spider down. Spider would just keep on climbing back up trying to build a web. Almost as though it had been instructed from genetics and evolution as the only way viable way to get food, not because it had some sort of internal drive to succeed. But yeah. anyway, he would keep on doing it, kept getting knocked down, he was inspired by it, and he was like, okay. Which, you know, I
0: understand the sentiment. I wish they would append to it, mm-hmm. just some general life wisdom. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. If after those few tries, you also do not succeed, then, you know, take a hint.
1: Right. Do not continue to bash your head against the steel wall. It will not be breaking down anytime soon. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, like all sayings, you need a little bit of knowledge or wisdom.
0: Yeah, that saying really is just like, don't learn your lesson. Mm -mm. It's the definition of insanity, right? Which is a quote that's also misattributed. Yeah. But I still like that quote, and I prefer, because just if you don't succeed, and then you do it again, and you try again, and you're still not succeeding, just come on, man, move along.
1: Yeah, my modern equivalent of if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, is probably the exact number of times try is said in that sentence. I would say, try, try, maybe one more time, let it go. I would say three strikes are out. Yeah. That's my saying. Try, three strikes, done. Yeah. Moving on. Third fact, slavery in Scotland is an entire episode, so we're not going to go into it, but it really is Mm. weird and deep and interesting. Um... Mm.
0: Like, in other words, there's a long and storied history of slavery in Scotland? Is that what we're saying?
1: Ish. Yeah. uh, Not not ideal. Not ideal. And Scottish people didn't seem to really get behind slavery in the way that America did. Hmm. Like, they didn't build an entire industry around it. They just dabbled in slavery. Essentially. Side project. Let me get there. You'll see. So, Scotland was granted, via decree from England, of course, official access to the slave trade, uh in 1707 and interestingly enough not five or six years later scotland abolished slavery (laughs) Like you could no longer own slaves so
0: So they had like
1: five or six years of active involvement in the slave trade the african slave trade the african slave trade and then they're like "Eh, not for us
0: your thesis here is that the scottish were involved in the slave trade but they weren't as culpable as like the rest of the world no they just
1: weren't i mean culpable isn't a word i would use because they were to blame they weren't involved they just weren't very good at being bad virtuous by accident and i'm not even virtuous just sort of accidentally not assholes the slaves that they did bring back to work households and so on and so forth they would encourage very heavily to if not have them baptized thing is under scottish law at the time if you were baptized you couldn't be a slave you Mm. couldn't be enslaved so they would essentially just free them. Hmm. So, yeah, it, it's by no means am I giving Scotland, you know, a, a free ride. They were involved in the slave trade. Slaves happened. It existed. <laughs> Slaves happened. Slaves happened. Slaves were a thing. Nike's new slogan. Slave happened. <laughs> this should apply to their factories. Ouch. Yes. Uh, I don't wear Nikes for that very reason. So moving on. <laughs> next fact. Next facts. I can't remember if we covered this in one of our earlier episodes or not. So if I have, please, you know, point a finger and we'll edit it out. The Surgical College at Edinburgh is the premier surgical college in England and right. one of the top in the world. Huh. And it funded a grave robbing duo who ended up turning into serial murderers to cut financial corners during 1827 and 1828. Whoa. OK. Now I think I would remember this. You know? OK. <laughs> So these serial murderers went by the names of, oh, God. Franken and Stein. (laughs) No. Burke and Hare. Burke, B-U-R-K-E, and Hare, H-A-R-E, like the rabbit. Like a rabbit, okay. I can't remember what their first names are, and I didn't write them down because I'm a genius. Uh, These two entrepreneurs began their startup, Gathering Cadavers for the Surgical College in 1827, but since only the corpses of criminals, suicides, or orphans could be legally used as cadavers, uh, they quickly began grave robbing. Problem was, townsfolk at the time got wise to this and started guarding graves 24-7 until they rotted enough that they'd be unusable as cadavers. Huh. So, then they turned to murder.
0: That was a good strategy. Did they have to check every now and then? You just, like, dig up a little bit and, like, poke the corpse and just be like, eh, it's not quite ripe enough. I'm I'm going to stand here another three days. I'm
1: pretty sure after a week or two, you'd know, yeah,
0: this is going to bloat. Gross. What kind of economy did they have then that you could just stand at a grave for two weeks? Oh no, those would be family members. Your family members are
1: rich, maybe, or don't have to work? Okay. I didn't write this shit. (laughs) History wrote this shit. I don't know all the rules. (laughs) Anyway, townsfolk got wise to this, started guarding the graves, and... So when a boarder in Hare's home died, still owing him four pounds sterling, Hare and Burke sold the dude's corpse to the Surgical College. Mm. From then on, it became easier simply to create dead bodies from living prostitutes, homeless folk, borders in their homes.
0: It's a great
1: then. This is a great term for murder. Yeah, yes. create
0: dead bodies. You're you're creating. It's Capital. Like a, look, I have never killed anyone. I have created a few dead bodies.
1: I've created a few cadavers or aggressively found cadavers. Aggressively found.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I may have assisted the assisted process the process
1: of cadaverism. <laughs> of cadaver creation. To take place. Yes. So anyway, after 16 murders that we know of, uh, sixteen? Yeah. Murders or like they just these so cadaver used... creations. Really? Yeah. These were prolific serial killers. Yep. Holy crap. Uh, and they were a duo, and their wives are probably in on it. There is evidence that their wives are in on it.
0: Were these like, you know, people on their deathbed, and they went in, and just, or were these like,
1: dude on the street? Dude on the street, prostitute on the streets, uh, boarders would come into their homes and would be poisoned or killed. This is like H.H. H. Holmes. This is like mm-hmm. the, the
0: house of horrors. You go in, and you don't come out. It's like a rat trap. Wow, I've
1: never heard of these guys. This is interesting. What it, year was this? It would be said? a great episode. Uh, 1827,
0: 1828. Okay. So they two years, they got that many corpses. Did they get caught after the two years? They did indeed. They did get... That's getting a little greedy, I feel. <laughs> the cops were a little slow off the mark.
1: Pace yourself, guys. Right. Come on. Try, try, try again. <laughs> this is why... They did. They tried 16 <laughs> times. They won 16 times. This... On the 17th time, they were like,
0: ah. This is the problem with that statement. Yeah. Maybe stop trying. After 15 corpses that you...
1: Right, 16. That you assist. So after 16 created cadavers, uh, they were caught, Burke was hanged, and Hare went free. What? Yeah. It had to do with something about Hare being from Ireland, and there was some sort of, you know, amnesty, deportation thing going on there where he, you know, they had extradition. I don't know. They're like, that's just the Irish. That's just Irish people being Irish people. Oh, the Irish. If you are going to kill someone, especially prostitutes... You wouldn't punish a cat for scratching. No. You wouldn't punish an Irishman for killing <laughs> prostitutes. Creating cadavers. Yeah, creating That's cadavers.
0: That's what the Irish do. Mm.
1: So, yeah. Hair went free. There's a whole story. Like I said, it would be a great episode. It's really kind of amazing and funny in a really dark way.
0: Did the guy who didn't go free, what was his name? Burke. Uh, he, Burke. Did Burke get
1: used as a surgery cadaver? Almost. Almost. Burke's skeleton... Was sold to and is now still on display in the Edinburgh Medical School. Oh, God. (laughs) Because we Scots have a vicious sense of ironic humor. Oh, Lord. We have to get a picture with that, too. Nice. It's creepy as shit. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So, next fact. Okay. Scotland is home to the world's tallest hedge. Uh, located in Miklur Beach. It is 100 feet high and 1,700 feet long. So there's that. <laughs> you give me shit about segues? Yes. <laughs> I did that on purpose for you.
0: You're like, Scotland has two horrific murders, and also there are a lot of cute kittens in Scotland. Adorable kittens.
1: I wanted you to feel as though this episode had some ring of episodiness for you.
0: Large hedge. Large, huge ote. The entire Simpson family could back into it in embarrassment. Yes.
1: After listening to this mess of an episode that (laughs) we created. (laughs) Next fact. Scottish paper currency, due to the ease of its forging, uh, was used as a way to destabilize the British economy by the Nazis. And this uh, led to Scottish banknotes being widely rejected for years afterwards. Fucking Scotland. We didn't have great printing presses back then. It was an attempt. I don't know if it if it actually occurred. Like, if I know it was a plan. It was revealed that the Nazis had this plan to do this. I don't know if they actually enacted it. But Scotland it did undermining lead. the whole goddamn currency
0: of the entire fucking island because you guys couldn't draw a dollar or whatever you call it, a pound. Do they have
1: pounds? Pounds. I don't know, whatever they got. You absolute genius. <laughs> yeah, fucking legend. All right, next fact. The most popular curry dish in England was created by a Scotsman. What? Yeah. Chicken tikka masala was invented by said? a Scottish restaurant owner in Glasgow in the 1970s. Really? Yep. That What? Yep. This is, oh my God. My entire life is a lie.
0: This is similar to um, the Chinese food that we all eat in America not being Chinese at all.
1: Yeah. Chow mein,
0: not a thing. Yeah. Uh, Emperor's house chicken, which is my Emperor favorite chicken, yeah. dish. You're not going to find that in China. Yeah. No, you might now because it's very popular with tourists and stuff. Right, but really, so chicken tikka masala, which we all think of as being a cornerstone Indian dish, mm-hmm. is uh, was created by Scotsman.
1: Yeah, uh, apparently there was a you know mild, excuse me, a mild or medium spicy dish that somebody requested have be less spicy, and so this guy just added a can full of creamy tomato sauce Cream. and
0: cream they actually use uh, milk cream yeah in it and yeah that must have been his uh that was his response to a life of haggis
1: i've never eaten haggis so i'm gonna keep making fun of haggis yeah, please time. do please do i find the concept of it vile That's pretty apparently gross. people can like there are good versions of haggis that are quite tasty oh yeah no I've it tastes never... good
0: and i have told this story i think before but i have eaten haggis but i didn't know what it was it was mm-hmm. fed to me by a scotsman in scotland and he said, this is our national dish, and I ate it, and I thought it was great, and then he gleefully told me what was in it, and I felt really ill, and I'm pretty bitter about it. So I will continue to make fun of haggis <laughs> I just can see the
1: Scottish guy being like, <laughs> we're impish. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's what yeah. we do. Accurate. The next fact, Nessie has a cousin, Morag, lives in Loch Morar, the hmm. deepest loch in all of Scotland.
0: So what does Morag supposedly look like? Is it similar Nessie-esque? To Nessie? Yeah,
1: it's a knockoff. Essentially, they were like, "We want a fucking tourist trap too." Uh, Morag sounds good. And it worked out real well for them.
0: Yeah, I'm Team Nessie. Yeah, all N- the way. Nessie, with an R, with a circle around it yeah. next to it. word. So, but you didn't have anything else about that? Uh, no, no, I didn't, I didn't care. Of it. No. Okay, that was
1: all right. Hey, these are just short facts. We're we're an hour and a half in, bro. Midnight facts.
0: Oh, we're deleting most of the Wallace <laughs> stuff. That was a fucking mess.
1: <laughs> the rest of it's been okay. Fact number nine: mm-hmm. the largest collection of UFO sightings in Scotland is centered around the town of Bonnie Bridge. So, if you're a huge UFO enthusiast, which, contrary to Shane believing, so I am not. I'm interested in them, but I wouldn't actually go there to Bonnie Bridge to be like, oh, let's see if any UFO show. No, not going there. Don't care, but it's a fact. Or if you're interested in visiting the area with the most
0: loony-ass gullible Scots, Bonnie Bridge. Go there.
1: Stay there, please. Yeah. Don't come back. Yeah. Move there permanently. Bring your tents. I don't care.
0: I just, again, if you're an alien from some other planet and you got to choose one place to go in the world, Bonnie Bridge. Yeah. Really? One of the places you're going to
1: go at least buzz.
0: It's on every list in the Alpha Centauri. Yeah. You know, they have like their map of the galaxy with the little pins that they put in. Yeah. Bonnie Bridge. They've got every the little time. travel
1: almanacs mm-hmm. written in fwangies, callback, to, you know, let people know where to visit. And... Where are you
0: going on your spring break, Gleeplorp? I'm going to Bonnie Bridge. After they win the Gleeplorpian Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm going to Bonnie Bridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. So that was uh, the. Facts and Fictions of Scotland.
0: Okay. Yeah. That was totally interesting. Thank you so much, all of you assholes in Discord. It was fun. It was a good change of pace. I think we should do another one. And I like not having to do research. <laughs> it's kind of fun to sit over here and not have to do anything except talk shit every now and then. A lot of fun. You're just talking <laughs> shit over somebody else's hard-won research. We both got to sit in the other seat. And get an experience. I think mine was probably more comfortable than yours. <laughs> all I had to do. Was I hate your
1: job. Snark. <laughs> your job can suck my left nut. I'm yeah. not into your job.
0: Good. Maybe you have a little more appreciation of what I do every week. I absolutely do. Are
1: you kidding me? <laughs> I have intense amounts of empathy. And I actually feel kind of bad that all I do is sit in the fucking other chair and just talk shite. Whereas you're sitting over there sweating. Now I get the like mildly annoyed looks while you're reading through your research. And I'm just like... Meh, meh. And you're like... And I 'Cause I'm
0: always like staring, I know it's like, no, 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 but I still wait, wait, wait. Okay. Yeah, but I had a thing to we no, so were not there yet.
1: <laughs> you could wait until the mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Your wife is partly
1: responsible for this. <sighs> Fucking wifeness, midnight wifeness definitely <laughs> threw me into the goddamn bus, the double deckered <laughs> Scottish bus. We had a lot of requests for this. People wanted to see
0: you... Suffer, yes. <laughs> no, they wanted to hear your perspective. They wanted some
1: uh, some facts from the mouth of the monkey. Yes, it's true. And uh, I hope they listen to this episode and like, wow, 15-minute episode. <laughs> Never asking for that shit again. <laughs> well,
0: we'll see how it turns out post-editing. But I'm optimistic. I actually kind of had fun after the beginning. It was a little rough in the beginning, and then it was fun. And uh, make sure that you join us on Discord, all of the wackaloons there, as Duncan likes to say. We're having a great time on Discord, it is really fun. And I want you guys to do one thing in addition to joining the Discord, just one thing that we ask this time. I want you to just picture in your mind one human being that you know that you think would enjoy this show. Just one person and you're like, that person would really like it. Because if you like the show, you probably know people who are similar to you. And then just send them a link. If everyone does that, we will double our audience overnight. It'll be amazing. It's very unlikely, but I'm optimistic. If you can't think of someone who would like it, send it to someone who would hate it.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Just fuck that person. They're going to be miserable and everyone wins. And also go shit in their mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> and then break it with a baseball bat as long as it's not
1: reinforced. With... Check the mailbox is not reinforced before attempting to break it. Yes. It is that time. Rate, rep, review. Go to Insta. Go to Discord. Leave a review where all fine podcasts are sold. And then tell a friend, as Shane was saying. And above all else, and forever after, knowledge is power. Sleep is overrated. (laughs)